ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد carrying on then from where we left off last time the last point of discussion that we had left was regarding the attachment of the soul to the body and that ibn al-qayyim rahimahullahu ta'ala had mentioned that there are various levels of connection between the soul and the body. There are different levels of connection between the soul and the body. And those are typically summarized into the five that he mentioned. The first of them, the first connection between the soul and the body is when the soul is initially blown into that person and that is when the person is still in the womb of the mother. When that child is still in the womb of his mother, the soul is blown in So that is when the soul has its first connection to that body, to that person. The second connection is the connection of the soul to the person during this life. After he is born, his life upon this world then the connection of the soul to that person during his life in this world, that is the second connection. The third is the connection of the soul to the person during sleep. When the person is asleep, Because when a person is asleep, then as we mentioned, there is a degree of separation of the soul from the body. There is a degree of separation. The soul exiting from the body temporarily. The fourth connection of the soul to the body is in the life of the barzakh in the life of the barzakh the soul has a connection with the body and we're going to discuss that today inshallah the fifth connection the soul has to the body to the person is in the afterlife. The connection of the soul to the body, to the person in the afterlife. So Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned those five. Ahaduha ta'alluquha bihi fi batn al-ummi janina. الثاني تعلقها به بعد خروجه إلى وجه الأرض الثالث تعلقها به في حال النوم فلها به تعلق من وجه ومفارقة من وجه الرابع تعلقها به في البرزخ والخامس 
Those are the five <coughs> different levels of connection and attachment of the soul to the person, to the body. Today then, we now move on to the third aspect in this initial topic. What was this initial topic? You remember we said the day of judgment, the belief in the day of judgment splits into two main categories. They were Barzakh and death and Barzakh and the resurrection and the afterlife. The belief in the day of judgment is the section regarding the barzakh and then the section regarding the afterlife. The section regarding the barzakh is where we are yet. That section had three parts to it. The first part was the moment of death. The second part was the trial of the grave, which is what? The questioning of the angels for that person and the third part is punishments and blessings of the grave and that's where we are right now in that third section punishments and blessings of the grave the punishments of the grave and the blessings Shaykh Al-Fawzan Hafizahullah Ta'ala mentioned regarding the punishments and the blessings of the grave. Madhabu Salafil Ummah wa a'immatiha anna al-mayyit idha mat yakunu fi na'imin aw adhab. That the methodology of the Salaf of the Ummah and the great Imams of this Ummah is that when a person dies, then they will be in either blessings or punishments. They will be in either blessings or Punishments. That is the madhab of the salaf of this ummah and the imams of this ummah. When a person dies, they will be either in blessings or in punishment. And the scholars have mentioned, the people of knowledge have mentioned, that there are multiple evidences establishing and proving the punishments and the blessings of the grave. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that there are multiple evidences tawaturil adillah and also ibn al-Qayyim reported that from him Ibn Rajab, Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi, they all mention that there are multiple evidences, a variety of evidences, narrated by multiple companions, establishing the punishments and the blessings of the grave. It should be noted that there is a statement of some of the people of knowledge. There is a statement of some of the people of knowledge that says 
that there are no evidences for the punishment or the blessings of the grave in the Qur'an. And that all of the evidences are in the sunnah. However, that is an inaccurate statement. Because as we will see right now, there are in fact evidences in the sunnah and in the Qur'an. There are evidences in the Qur'an highlighting the punishment and the blessing of the grave. Evidence number one then. Evidence number one, proving the punishment of the grave, is in Surah Ghafir 45 and 46. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعَذَابِ النَّارُ يُعْرَضُونَ عَلَيْهَا غُدُوًّا وَعَشِيًّا وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ أَدْخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ In this section of the Qur'an, Allah says, وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعَذَابَ That the people of Fir'aun, Pharaoh, they are engulfed, encompassed by that evil torment. They are encompassed and they are engulfed by that torment, by that punishment. النار يعرضون عليها They are being exposed to the fire. Morning and afternoon, they are being exposed to the fire. Morning and afternoon, ويوم تقوم الساعة. And when the hour is established, it will be said, أَدَخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابَ Now place Pharaoh into a more severe punishment. So think about this ayah or these ayat. Allah tells us that Pharaoh and his people are being punished on a daily basis in the fire. They are being punished on a daily basis in the fire. Then it says at the end of the ayah, On the day of resurrection it will be said, Now put them into a more severe punishment. They are currently being punished by the fire daily. Then on the day of judgment it will be said, Now put them into a more severe punishment. So how is this ayah a proof for the punishment of the grave? Where does it mention grave anywhere? It mentions they are being punished by the fire, but that's it. So how is it a proof for the punishment of the grave? So they are being punished right now. The ayah says they are being punished right now on a daily basis in the fire. Then on the day of judgment, they are going to be transferred into a more severe punishment. 
Obviously on the day of judgment the more severe punishment is the hellfire. So if that's where they are going to be transferred into on the day of judgment, then what fire are they in right now? The fire of the grave has to be. They are being punished by the fire right now on a daily basis, the ayah says. Then on the day of judgment, they are going to be put into a more severe punishment. Taken out of this into a more severe punishment. The more severe punishment on the day of judgment is obviously the hellfire. That's when they're going to be put into that more severe punishment. But the ayah says already right now they are being punished by the fire. So we know this fire right now isn't the hellfire because Allah told us in the ayah they're only going to go into the hellfire on the day of resurrection. So what fire are they in right now then? The fire of the grave, the fire of the barzakh. That is how this ayah or these ayat are a proof for the punishments of the grave. It means they are currently in the punishment of the grave. They are being exposed to the punishment and the fire of the grave. The second evidence from the sunnah this time. One from the Qur'an, one from the sunnah. Or there are a few from the sunnah, in fact, easy ones to remember. One example from the sunnah. Or do you want more ayat first? There are, as we said at the beginning, multiple evidences. There are multiple evidences. That was one ayah so far. Let's do some more ayat as well in that case. There are more ayat in the Qur'an proving the punishment of the grave and the blessings of the grave as we'll see. Second evidence in that case Second ayah of the Qur'an, second evidence from the Qur'an. Second evidence from the Qur'an. You can take down Surah At-Tawbah, ayah 101, where it says, سَنُعَذِّبُهُمْ مَرَّتَيْنِ ثُمَّ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَذَابٍ عَظِيمٍ That we will punish them twice. Then they will be taken to the punishment of the fire. We will punish them twice then they will be taken to the punishment of the fire. This ayah, what it means, is that they will receive two punishments in this world, then they will be transferred over to the punishment of the fire. What the Salaf said about this is, أَنَّ إِحْدَى الْمَرَّتَيْنِ هِيَ عَذَابُ الْبَرْزَخِ That one of those two times, as the Salaf they mentioned in the tafsir of this ayah, is the barzakh. One of those two times being mentioned is the punishment of the barzakh, and that is by the tafsir of the salaf themselves, sahaba included, like Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma, and others. A third evidence from the Qur'an, 
Surataha 124 to 127 where it mentions that whomsoever turns away from my remembrance, my worship, then he will have a life of hardship. And then the ayat they carry on that we will resurrect him blind. قَالَ رَبِّ لِمَ حَشَرْتَنِي أَعْمَى وَقَدْ كُنْتُ He will say, my Lord, why have you resurrected me blind and I used to be able to see قَالَ كَذَلِكَ أَتَتْكَ آيَاتُنَا فَنَسِيتَهَا وَكَذَلِكَ الْيَوْمَ تُنْسَى It will be said to him, similarly our ayat came to you and you rejected or neglected them. So on this day you will be neglected and rejected in this way. You will be forgotten. وَكَذَلِكَ نَجْزِي مَنْ أَصْرَفَ وَلَمْ يُؤْمِنْ بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِ وَلَعَذَابُ الْآخِرَةِ أَشَدُّ وَأَبْقَى And that is how we recompense those who went astray, transgressed, and did not believe in the ayat of their Lord. And indeed the punishment of the afterlife is more severe and everlasting. So the point of this is the beginning. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكًا That whomsoever rejects and shuns away from my worship, then they will have a life of hardship and difficulty. Where is the proof about the punishment of the grave? Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the tafsir of this ayah. And he said, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَنْكَ That indeed he will have a life of hardship. It means عَذَابُ الْقَبْرِ the punishment of the grave. So that ayah where it says, whoever turns away from my worship will have a life of hardship, that life of hardship is in reference to the punishment of the grave. How can we make that tafsir of this ayah? Because we have an authentic hadith where the Prophet ﷺ told us that is the tafsir of this ayah. So therefore, that is a third evidence highlighting the punishments of the grave from the Qur'an. Now then, we'll mention three in that case from the sunnah too. Three evidences from the sunnah highlighting the punishments of the grave. The first one, Hadith of Anas, radiyallahu anhu. In Muslim, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَوْلَا أَلَّا تَدَافَنُوا لَدَعَوْتُ اللَّهَ أَنْ يُسْمِعَكُمْ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ Was it not for the fact that you would not bury your dead, then I would have made dua to Allah to allow you to hear the punishment of the grave occurring. The Prophet ﷺ said in this hadith in Sahih Muslim, hadith of Anas radiyallahu anhu, 
Was it not for the fact that you would not bury your dead? Then I would have made dua to Allah to allow you to hear the punishment of the grave. This hadith, very straightforward, is a proof for the existence of punishment of the grave. The Prophet ﷺ clearly affirming the punishment of the grave. Saying to them, was it not for the fact that you wouldn't bury your dead? I would have made dua to Allah to allow you to hear the punishment of the grave. What does it actually mean? That you wouldn't bury your dead. Otherwise I would have allowed or asked Allah to allow you to hear the punishment of the grave. What does the hadith actually mean? So maybe it means that, maybe, that perhaps the people would be too scared to go to the graveyards, to go and bury the dead. If they went there and they heard the screams and the the pains of the punishment of the grave, that they would no longer want to go to the graveyards, even to go and bury the dead who have died from fear of hearing those punishments of the grave. Is that the meaning? Possibly, possibly. Another meaning possibly is that now that everybody would hear the punishments of the grave occurring, they may not want to take this deceased person and go and bury them for fear of them entering into the punishment also. Maybe, not a strong explanation, but an explanation mentioned by some. And thirdly, which is likely the explanation of the hadith, is that, was it not for my fear that you would be afflicted by death from the severity of what you hear, then I would have made dua to Allah to allow you to hear it. That was it not for my fear. لَوْلَا خَوْفِ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ مَوْتِكُمْ مِنْ شِدَّةِ مَا تَسْمَعُونَ لَدْعَوْتُ اللَّهَ نِسْمِعَكُمْ إِيَّهِ That was it not for my fear of death occurring to you too. When you hear the severity of that punishment, then I would have made dua to Allah to allow you to hear it. But meaning, you are not able to bear or burden hearing the punishments of the grave. So severe it is, that upon hearing that, you would fall down dead from the severity, from the severity of what you hear. So, the point though, for our purposes here, is very clearly in the hadith, is an affirmation of the punishments of the grave. A second evidence, which is in the hadith of Al-Bukhari. An Aisha radiyallahu anha, أَنَّ يَهُودِيَّ دَخَلَتْ عَلَيْهَا فَذَكَرَتْ عَذَابَ الْقَبْرِ فَقَالَتْ لَهَا عَاذَكِ اللَّهِ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ That Aisha رضي الله عنها she narrates that a Jewish woman came upon her and said to her or the punishment of the grave was mentioned and so the Jewish woman she said may Allah protect you from 
the punishment of the grave. So this Jewish woman had brought up this topic about the punishment of the grave. So Aisha radiallahu anha went to the Prophet ﷺ to ask him about the reality of this punishment of the grave that this Jewish woman had mentioned. What is this punishment of the grave? So when she went to ask the Prophet ﷺ about it, he said, Naam, Adabul Qabr Haq. That indeed, yes, the punishment of the grave is truth. So Aisha radiallahu anha, after hearing it from the Jewish woman, went to get verification from the Prophet ﷺ, and he verified, telling her, absolutely, yes, it's true what she said. Punishment of the grave is absolutely the truth. So that is in Al-Bukhari. Third evidence is something everybody already knows. A hadith proving the punishment of the grave that everybody knows. So what is it, since everybody knows it? Not everybody knows that hadith. Which is? Everybody knows that? Should do because you're supposed to read it in every prayer. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min athabil qabr. At the end of your prayer, do you not say this dua? And what does it mean? Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min athab al-qabr. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you, protection from the punishment of the grave. You're saying it in every single prayer. Proof for the reality of the punishment of the grave. It is a dua that you read in every prayer, established and proven. Hadith of Abu Hurairah and other narrations. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min athab al-qabr wa min athab jahannam wa min fitnat al-mahya wal-mamat wa min sharri fitnat al-masih al-dajjal So that is a proof again affirming within it the punishment of the grave. We should also mention an example of the blessings too. All of those evidences have been speaking about the punishments. An example for the blessings of the grave, hadith of Ka'ab ibn Malik, radiyallahu anhu, that the Prophet ﷺ said, نَسَمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنِ طَائِرٌ يَعْلُقْ أَيْ يَأْكُلُ وَيَرْعَى فِي شَجَرِ الْجَنَّةِ حَتَّى يَرُدَّهَا اللَّهُ إِلَىٰ جَسَدِهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ That the soul of a believer is in a bird that flies and eats in the trees of paradise until Allah returns it back to its body on the day of judgment. So now that is a proof that Blessings of the grave are occurring. And that is a hadith in Ibn Hibban, uh, narrated by Ibn Hibban or reported by Ibn Hibban, and Al-Imam Malik in the Muwattah, Ibn Majah, and Al-Shaykh Al-Albani said it is authentic, that they are going to be in birds flying in paradise until they are returned back to the body on the day of judgment, on the day of resurrection. So that is altogether seven evidences. And there are many more, but seven evidences there regarding the punishments and the blessings of the grave. Now a few issues linked to this topic.
a few issues that are linked to this topic. Number one, هَلْ عَذَابُ الْقَبْرِ وَنَعِيمُهُ متعلق بالروح أم بالبدن بكليهما The punishments and the blessings of the grave do they happen to the soul of the person or do they happen to the body of the person or do they happen to the soul and to the body? Soul and the body? Just the body? No, in the barzakh, barzakh. Na'im al-qabr, adab al-qabr, al-ruh. So what, body you're saying? Body and soul? Punishments and blessings of the grave. Do they happen just to the body? Or do they happen just to the soul? All these things we've been talking about. Or is all of that applicable to the body and the soul of that person? To both. So, there are three opinions of the scholars. There are three statements that you hear. Obviously those three statements are some saying that it happens only to the soul, some saying it happens only to the body, and some mentioning that it happens to both. So the first opinion that it happens only to the soul and not to the body and that is the opinion of Ibn Hazm, Ibn al-Jawzi, and others. One of the reasonings they mentioned, one of the justifications they gave as to why they believe the punishments and the blessings of the grave only happen to the soul, not to the physical body that is buried. They said, if you were to dig up bodies after they've been buried, you dig up bodies after they've been buried, will you see any changes in those bodies from when you buried them? Will you see marks where they've been beaten up? Will you see their ribs cracked as it mentions in the narration? Would you see any signs of them being beaten and punished? Would there be any signs upon them when you dig up the bodies? So if you were to dig up the bodies, you wouldn't see anything. Physically, you dig them up after you've buried them, you wouldn't see any signs upon them that they've been beaten, that they've been burnt in the fire of the barzakh, that their ribs have been broken or squashed, as it mentions in the narrations. You would not see any evidence of anything which would therefore indicate that everything happening in the grave is happening only to the soul. So then what can we say about that? What can we say about that? 
It's a physical evidence, isn't it? Doesn't count, why not? But you, but it's physical. You dig up the bodies, as many bodies as you want. Not a single one will have any burn marks on it. Not a single one will have any beating marks on it. Nothing at all. Physical evidence that it's occurring only upon the soul. Surely. So what are you saying? Here some of them said, if you pull the bodies out of the graves afterwards, there will be no physical markings on the bodies. Therefore, everything happening in the grave must be happening to the soul only. Sort of, but you could make your answer a lot easier by saying it's from the unseen. What happens in the barzakh is it from the seen or the unseen? Unseen. Therefore, physical evidence of bodies means nothing. It is from the unseen. If you're going to use physical evidence of bodies, in that case, you could put a camera down there and see. Everything happening which you obviously cannot. So the fact that bodies have no markings on them is irrelevant. Because what is happening in the barzakh is from the unseen to us. So those bodies may well be punished and in blessings. We wouldn't see anything. Put a camera into every single grave of every person you bury, you wouldn't see a thing. It is all from the unseen what happens. So that's why Shaykh al-Islam said, that type of justification is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. It's not an acceptable justification that bodies, when you dig them up, there'll be no signs on them. Of course there will be no signs on them. It's from the unseen. So that is an opinion, but it's not really a strong opinion or an accepted opinion or an accepted logic. Second opinion, is that the punishment is upon the body only, not the soul. The body only and not the soul. There is an evidence that is mentioned for that. And that is regarding the battle of Badr. Anna Nabi Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam amara yawma Badr bi arba'atin wa ishreena rajulan man sanadidi Quraysh. فَقُضِفُوا فِي طَوِيٍّ مِنْ أَطْوَاءِ بَدَرْ خَبِيثٌ مَخْبَثٌ ثُمَّ جَعَلَ يُنَادِيهِمْ بِأَسْمَائِهِمْ وَأَسْمَاءِ آبَائِهِمْ That 24 from the leaders of the Quraysh were thrown into a pit, dead. And the Prophet called out to them. Dead. They are dead. And the Prophet ﷺ called out to them by their names and the names of their fathers, O such and such, the son of such and such. أَيَسُرُّكُمْ أَنَّكُمْ أَطَعْتُمُ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَ فَإِنَّا قَدْ وَجَدْنَا مَا وَعَدَنَا رَبُّنَا حَقَّا فَهَلْ وَجَدْتُمْ مَا وَعَدَ رَبُّكُمْ حَقَّا That does it please you that you uh, disobeyed Allah and the Messenger should be disobeyed. Indeed we have found what Allah promised us. Have you now found what you were promised as truth, meaning because they are now in the barzakh. So the Prophet ﷺ calling out to them, have you now found it to be truth, what Allah promised you? So then Umar ibn al-Khattab said to the Prophet 
يا رسول الله ما تكلم من أجساد لا أرواح لها How come you're talking to these corpses that have no souls now because they are dead? And we said at the beginning, death is when the soul separates from the body in this world. They are corpses. So Umar ibn Khattab said, O Messenger of Allah, how come you are talking to these corpses? So the Prophet said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ Basically taking an oath by Allah, مَا أَنْتُمْ بِأَسْمَعْ لِمَا أَقُولُ مِنْهُمْ You are not any better in hearing what I'm saying than they are. You're not hearing what I'm saying any better than they are. Meaning they are hearing me just as good as you are hearing me. So some of them they said that when Umar ibn al-Khattab said to the Prophet ﷺ, how come you're talking to these bodies that have no souls? They say the Prophet ﷺ acknowledged and affirmed what Umar ibn al-Khattab was saying and just said to him, they can hear just as good as you can. So he acknowledged and affirmed that these bodies now that have no souls in them, they are the ones he is addressing and saying to them, have you now found in the barzakh truth what Allah promised you for your punishment? So that is being addressed to just the the dead bodies that the souls aren't in. So therefore this would be a proof that the punishment of the grave is occurring to just the bodies without the souls. That is what is said. That is what is said. However, there are clear evidences, clear evidences in the Quran and the Sunnah that when a person dies, he does not hear you. There are clear evidences that when a person dies, the person does not hear you. So in this instance, this is not a clear evidence. Because there are clear evidences elsewhere, clearly stating that the dead cannot hear you. So perhaps there is another interpretation to the statement of the Prophet ﷺ that you are no better in hearing me than they are. That isn't an explicit statement indicating that they can hear and they are the ones being punished. It is an interpretation of the hadith, an assumption being made upon the explanation of the hadith. Therefore, the scholar said, it's not a clear-cut evidence. It is not a clear-cut evidence that the bodies get the punishment without the souls. Because the narration in line with the rest of the evidences doesn't appear to indicate in reality corpses can hear you. So that isn't really a strong opinion either. The third opinion then is that the punishments and the blessings occur on both the body and the soul. They occur both on the body and the soul. So that the soul gets the blessings and the punishments alongside the body. And sometimes maybe the soul gets the blessings and the punishments separate from the body. Sometimes together with the body and sometimes separate from the body. So overall it is both the soul and the body at some point or another, both that are experiencing the punishments and the blessings of the grave. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, بَلِ الْعَذَابُ وَالنَّعِيمُ عَلَى النَّفْسِ وَالْبَدْنْ جَمِيعًا بِاتِّفَاقِ أَهْلِ السُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ That 
the punishments and the blessings of the grave are upon the body and the soul by agreement of Ahlus Sunnah. Sometimes the soul gets the blessings and the punishments separately from the body, and sometimes alongside the body. So that is the correct position regarding the punishments and the blessings that they occur to both the body and the soul. Just a round off and a couple of more sections here on this topic. One is an issue that arises, an issue in this topic. When a person dies as, and is in the barzakh, so either he is in punishment or he is in blessing, does he remain in that punishment or blessing all the way continuously up until the day of judgment? So a person who ends up in punishment, continuously just in punishment all the way till the day of judgment? Or is there some sort of time limit or amount of punishment then stops or what? Continuous all the way till the day of judgment? But does it stop? A person who dies ends up in the punishment of the grave. Does that just carry on all the way till the day of judgment and he's raised up? Or does it stop at a certain point? Mm -hmm. So, the evidence, well, there are statements of some scholars saying that maybe it cuts off at some points, that it's not constant, not continuous. However, the correct understanding and the correct explanation of this is that it is constant and continuous up until the day of judgment. Evidences for that, number one, Hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar in Al-Bukhari and a version in Muslim that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, بَيْنَمَا رَجُلٌ يَجُرُّ إِزَارَهُ مِنَ الْخُيَلَاءِ خُصِفَ بِهِ فَهُوَ يَتَجَلْجَلُ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ that whilst a man drags his garments below his ankle, then he will be, from, from pride, dragging his garments below his ankles from pride, then he will be thrown into that, that punishment in the earth, it will be reverberating, punishment going on, إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ the narration says up until the day of resurrection. In the hadith of Muslim, up until the hour is established. So that evidence indicates it carries on all the way till the day of judgment. In another hadith of Samurah, He mentioned in that one the punishment about the one who lies and his cheeks are being ripped apart, etc. And it mentions in the end of that one, فَيُسْنَعُ بِهِ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ That the punishment, ripping his face apart, etc. It carries on إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ All the way up until the day of judgment. So what is correct regarding that is that it continues constantly up until judgment. The next minor issue here or sub-issue here, why has the punishment of the grave been kept as something from the unseen? Why didn't Allah let us witness and see and hear punishment of the grave? 
It would be too much to bear as it mentioned in one narration. It is a test of Iman. So there are various wisdoms as Shaykh Al-Thaymeen rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned. One, as we said in the hadith earlier, hearing the punishments of the graves, it is so severe, we, as the Prophet has told us, are just not made up in a way that we could bear that or burden that in the first place. We would not be able to handle or burden hearing the punishments of the graves so severe they are. We would die upon hearing that. So that is one. Number two, it is a concealment for the deceased himself. If he was a sinner and he is in the punishment of the grave, then at least that is something concealed from us. He's not being exposed. And number three, the family gains concealment. Because imagine now you bury somebody and then you can hear the punishment of the grave happening for him then it's embarrassment and disgrace for all of the family. Their deceased person is in punishment. So it keeps the honor for the family too. But on top of that, not just the honor of the family, but for the comfort of the family. Imagine now you bury somebody and then you can hear that they are in punishment. What is that going to do to his family? His mother, father, wife, children knowing that their relative is in punishment. It would destroy the family altogether, so it preserves the family too. So these are some of the wisdoms in not knowing, uh, or not being able to see or hear the punishment of the grave. There are a couple of points, but rather than rushing them, we'll just finish them off next time in the next session. Only a few small points they are going to be. What are some of the main sins that lead to the punishment of the grave? What are some of the main sins that lead to the punishment of the grave? And the second subject, what are some of the main methods of protecting yourself now from falling into the punishment of the grave when you die. So two main topics left next time to finish off this section. What are the main sins that lead to the punishment of the grave? And secondly, what are the main methods that you can do now whilst you're alive to try and save yourself from the punishment of the grave? That is what you can research Research those two topics. And insha'Allah ta'ala, in fact, it will not, uh, it will not be in two weeks time. In two weeks time, insha'Allah ta'ala, I will be abroad. It will be then in that case, four weeks time. That makes it Exactly, uh, March the 1st, today is February the 1st, so that makes it Friday, March the 1st, one is going to be missed in between which would have been February the 15th, February the 15th, I won't be here inshallah, so four weeks time that will be the next class, you have four weeks to try and find the answers to those two subsections, and inshallah ta'ala, when we come back on March the 1st, we'll carry on with that. And then after that, when we finish those two sections, they're only small, we're going to move on to the Day of Judgment itself, because that is then the second aspect of the Iman in the Day of Judgment. This is the final aspect in this first category. Then we're going to move on to the Day of Judgment, the signs of the hour, the major signs, the jal, all those types of things. That will be the next session, insha'Allah ta'ala. So we'll round off on that for tonight. The prayer is here. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.